I am grateful, God, that you saved me, that you opened my eyes, that I can see that it's you, God. That it's not me, it's not the world, it's not, it's you, God. Every good thing that happens in my life, it's you, God. Every kindness that I feel, every joy in my heart, it's you, God, that have allowed it to be. And I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that even through the hard things, Lord, I still see your mercies and your grace towards me, God. Lord, there's still breath in my lungs. I still can stand. I can still praise your name. I can still view glory. I still know that you're sitting on the throne. Thank you, God. For it is just by your mercy, Lord, and by your grace that all of that is true. Lord, so many are lost in the darkness, but you saved us, God. You called us into your kingdom. You allowed us to worship you. You've given us a spirit that enables us to worship, oh God. And we say thank you for that, God. So Lord, as we share the word this morning, Lord, you know what every heart needs, what every mind needs to hear, Lord, what every spirit needs to engage, God. You know. So Lord, I'm saying just have your way. Let this man get out of the way so you can have your way. Lord, we're not going to make it without you. We're not going to make it without you pretty words from a person is not going to help God. It's only you speaking spirit to spirit. That's what's going to make the difference. So Lord, move by your spirit, Lord God, and we won't fail to give you the glory. Amen. 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 Wow, what a, what a, what a perfect song for where I'm feeling and where I'm at. It's, it's just by God's grace and his mercy. It's just by his grace and his mercy. And I tell you that, you know, you, sometimes you're trying to do what you think is right, and then you're not sure if it's the right thing. It's like, it's like, Lord, have your way. Work it out. Make it happen, God, according to whatever your will is. Because I tell you, New Year's Eve almost didn't happen. But I really wanted to. I, re I really, really wanted to do the New Year's Eve service. Why? Because I really wanted to be in the house of the Lord to end the year and to begin the year. I know that you can do that anywhere. I know the presence of the Lord is there. I know all of that stuff, but I want it. <laughs> so so I, I get it for those that didn't want to, but I really wanted to. And the Lord allowed it to be. So I say thank you. I say thank you. Now, this is a continuation from New Year's Eve. We talked about it cost what it cost. And we spoke that it will cost you everything. If you really want the kingdom of heaven to rule in your life, it's going to cost you everything. Well, and for those that are willing to pay that price, there's, there's still some maintenance that goes along with it. So we're going to talk today about sowing and reaping. See, because even if you're willing to pay the price, it's like, okay, I paid the price. That's it. It's like, no, 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 no. Because the person that found that hidden treasure, now they own the field with the treasure. You, you, you still got to do something with that field that has the treasure in it. The person that had that pearl of a great price, they found one. It's like, oh, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. They went and sold all they had to come back and buy the pearl. Now, what you going to do with the pearl? 
Just put it in the closet? Oh, no. Put it on a ring? Put it on a necklace? What, what are you going to do with the pearl? There's something else that got to be done with the thing that you purchased. Well, then as I got my scripture for the year, the Lord brought me right back to one of my purpose scriptures, Galatians 6. I'm like, okay, God, I see where you're going because I had something else in mind to preach for today. But he's like, oh, no, no, we got to finish. We got, now we got the treasure. Now we got to do something with it. Now you got to do something with the treasure. So in Galatians, Paul is speaking to the believers in Galatia. Now, this book is sort of like a mini Romans because Romans lays out Paul's theology, the need for salvation and God's plan for salvation and where it ends up. Galatians gives us a smaller snapshot of that. And he's teaching the believers how to deal with the false teachers and those who want them to keep following the Jewish law in order to be right with God. The doctrine that's established is the doctrine of justification by faith, not by works alone. But we take this gospel where we have a justification by faith, but there is a way we live that supports that faith. It is not that my right living is what makes me righteous, but it's my right standing that affects my living. That's how it goes. I, I don't know about y'all. Especially those that was at Bible that's been following us on Bible study. It's like, do y'all hear what Jesus is saying? Are, are y'all paying attention? Because the, the more I'm studying it, I'm like, I've read the gospels, I've studied the gospels, I've taught the gospels for decades now. But doing this particular study of it, it's like I'm hearing Jesus speaking differently than I heard him speak before. Maybe because of the times that we're in and the, 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 the pressure that's on us to be children of God. I don't know. But what I'm hearing clearly is not everybody going to make it. Not everybody's going to get what Jesus is saying. Nobody, not everyone's going to find that narrow road that leads to the small gate. Only the ones that's paying attention. Only the ones that actually care about what Jesus is saying. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that always lead me to, you better watch yourself. It's like, because it's like, it's not a game. Because the stakes are high. You know, when you're wrong, the stakes are high. And, and check this. You might end up being that guy that's like, yes, Lord, I'm here for my reward. And he says, who are you? Who, who are you? He's like, what do you mean, who am I? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do mighty works? Did, didn't I prophesy? That was me, Jesus. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. But that guy thought he was okay all the way until he got to that point. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's one of the scariest scriptures in the Bible to me. 
because you thought you was right with Jesus. Then when you get to meet Jesus, he's telling me, I don't know you. Now, you know enough to know that Jesus is the son of God and that he's making the decisions be heaven and hell. So if the one with the keys is telling you you can't get in, you know where you're going after that. Now, the ones that didn't believe it was true is one thing. But clearly, this person believed that there was a heaven and a hell and thought they was on their way in. And then you get to the and it's like. Oh, no, I I don't ever want to be that guy. I don't I don't want to be that guy. So this is how this became one of my life purpose scriptures. Galatians six, seven through nine. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And I'm reading from the Amplified. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to the flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially being a blessing to those of the household of faith. Born again believers. You can't play with God. There's no such thing as acting as if I'm going to do a little and that's going to be enough. As I spoke about on on, um, Friday night, it's like, well, how much can 10 bucks get me? All right, 100, 100. How much can I get for 100? You know what you can get for 100? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Can you imagine you, you for, for those that like watches, you go in and you, I, I see that nice Rolex right there. Oh, let's step it down a little bit. Rolex too high. Tag. We go to a nice tag and say, well, I like that one right there. Is How much? Like, we starting at two grand. So, well, do you have a tag for 200? No, you in the wrong store. <laughs> You're in the, you, you just in the wrong store trying to buy the wrong kind of watch. You might go find a Timex, not a tag, a Timex. So when we come into the kingdom of God and we're saying, well, how much is going to cost me? Well, how, you know, well, I don't really have a lot of time for Bible study. So maybe, you know, let me see, what is this, January? Maybe around, no, not April. Uh, Maybe late May, I might be able to jump in there and, and do a little something. No, that's not good enough. When it's time to pray. And it's like, well, I, I really want the blessings of God. I, I need the anointing and the power of God. I need the wisdom of God. I need the favor of God. It's like, oh, but um, I'm, I'm tired and I got to go to work. So I, I, I can't get up no hour early to pray. 
I'm going to do one of these. I'm going to get out the bed. Amen. And that's my prayer. And I'm done. And the time with God is spent to that. And it's like, well, what you going to get? How much of the kingdom are you going to get for that? Nothing. Nothing. You're trying to buy something that's valuable with leftovers, with pennies, with change, with something that, that nobody else wants. That's not how this works. Why this matter? Jesus made it clear. The mysteries of the kingdom was given to those who actually wanted to hear. And if you don't listen, you keep refusing to hear, you will eventually lose your ability to hear. Now, as a pastor, as, as someone who actually cares about people, that is very scary for me. That is very scary to think that, that okay, people not listening, they're going to lose their ability to hear. Once you lose your ability to hear, there's nowhere else to go. That upsets me deeply. But Jesus said, I said what I said. I said what I said. So I'm appealing to the masses. Please, if, if you heard Jesus say it, don't, don't ignore it. Please, please, if you heard Jesus say it, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. It's that important. There's, there's no good outcome to ignoring Jesus. Oh. Well, here's the message for the day, and hopefully this will encourage you and help you in this trial, because those that are not going to make it are not going to make it. And I, I'm so glad it's not my job to determine that. Jesus said that. They're going to figure that out at the end. It's, it's not my job. We all growing together and he'll figure it out at the end. And I'm so glad he didn't put that, um, put that burden on pastors or bishops or superintendents or whoever think it's their job. It is not their job to say who's my job is to, if I see a brother trying to hear, help him hear. If I see a sister trying to see, help her to see that. And it's, I see it, but I'm not really good at it. Okay, that's fine, because none of us are that good at it. But we're going to help each other get better. We're going to help each other get better. That's the job. But I've, I've got to do my part. And here's the message for today. Jesus, following Jesus is a full-time, lifelong commitment. Full-time, lifelong commitment. Too many of us thinking that if I give the Lord a little bit here and there, then I will still be okay. We're not. We're not. And somehow we fool ourselves into thinking that if I come to church and I hear a song that I like and I raise my hand and I say, oh, that was nice. I drop a few pennies in the basket. I do some other stuff. And it's like, okay, now I'm good with Jesus. It's like, no, no, that's not a guarantee that you're good with the Lord. You might be good with the church. You might be good with your religion, but you're not necessarily good with Jesus. Sometimes we think that we can live to satisfy our own wills, our own desires, what we want to get out of this life and still think we can do God's will and follow his purpose. If no one's ever told you, those two don't go together. And if we're living to our own will, 
and not living to God's will, there is no biblical, no theological ground to think that you are actually going to make it to heaven. I know that might sound difficult for a lot of people to hear, but the reality is, if I am living to myself, if I'm living to satisfy myself, then I am not living for God's purpose. I am not. And if I am not living for God's purpose, there is no way for you to stand back and say, absolutely, I'm going to heaven. Oh, but I believe in Jesus. I said the words. Well, even demons know that Jesus is the son of God. This is how we, this is how we know. This is how we know. We actually doing the work to grow what God says we're supposed to grow. The scripture made it clear. The one that sows to the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one that flows to, um, sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. So we got to look at what we sowing and where we sowing it. Oh, Lord. It, it was better on Friday night. <laughs> First, let's just let's take a look at the seeds. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, what, what kind of seeds are you, are you casting out from your life? What, what kind of seeds are you casting out? Because the seeds that you're casting out will give you an idea of what it is that you're planting and what kind of harvest you should expect. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. When we're talking about living in a way that's going to bring glory and honor to God, don't think that you can go around casting out the wrong kind of seeds, planting them in the wrong kind of places, and think you're going to get back the harvest that gives glory and honor to God or brings productivity and blessing to you. Let's talk about the seeds that come up from our flesh. Seeds of condemnation. Now, it's tricky because a lot of time the seed of condemnation tries to hide behind righteousness. Because you know the seed don't always look like the fruit, right? You, you couldn't possibly take an apple seed and know that that's, an apple looks like that. So the seed of condemnation sometimes hide behind godliness and righteousness. And all you're doing is just talking mean about people putting down folk because they don't think or agree the way that you do. So that seed of condemnation, then you find that soil of where, where, where you find someone did something wrong and then you got to just keep nudging at it. You start looking for that place to plant that condemnation. It's like he did, oh, 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 he didn't wear his shiny shoes today. So now we got to, Pray for that brother. We got to seek God for his deliverance so he'll know how to dress when he come into the house of the Lord. We, we call it righteousness, but it's really just condemnation because what does his shoes got to do with praising Jesus? Amen. Amen. We, we, we have these seeds of pride. 
and, and you know, they hide behind the idea of self-sufficiency. They hide behind, no, I'm okay, I can do it. But we're casting out, we're sowing seeds of pride. So you, you look for opportunities to show that you can when someone else can't. You look for opportunities to pat yourself on the back. And this, this is the one that, you know, those bragamonies. It's supposed to be a testimony, but somehow in the testimony, you are the hero or the martyr of the testimony. Now, a testimony is supposed to be talking about the goodness of God. How did the story that was supposed to be about the goodness of God start talking about the goodness of you? Because you did these things for God. And you suffered these things for God. <laughs> but it's about what I did and what I suffered for God. I thought a testimony was about what God did. Not about what I did. But, it, but, but we're, we're casting out these seeds of pride and they're disguising them as something else. But the Bible is warning us that you will reap what you're sowing. So if these are the things that are coming out of our mouths, if these are the things of how we're living our lives, we're not going to reap that harvest of goodness and righteousness that we're looking for. It's not going to come from those things. So we have to be careful of what it is that we're sowing. We're starting off the year. And I believe that the Lord really, really, really reminded me personally of this scripture was because it's like, be careful what you're saying. Out of your frustration, you can start planting seeds that are not going to grow something good. I tell you what, these last two years has been tough. And there's some stuff I am sick and tired of. I mean, sick and tired of it. But he said, be careful what you say. Because once you start sowing those things, then you find soil to sow it into, you're not going to get back the harvest that you're looking for. See, because if we're looking forward, and what I see looking forward, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I don't see anything good coming forward. But is that to sow the seed you want to sow? Is that the thing that you want to speak? Is that the thing that you want to plant? Or in the midst of the chaos, we can see that God may be doing something. That in the midst of the chaos, God is still pruning, starts still shaping, still growing, still will protect. What is it that you want to see in the midst of this stuff that's going on? See, I'm a, I'm a student of history. And, and anybody that's actually paying attention and, and understands the dynamics of a democracy is, is democracies are fragile anyway. That's, that's a historical fact. It's hard to maintain a democracy. And there are specific benchmarks that you see happen in the fall of any democracy. Now, anybody that thinks that America is exceptional is like, read a history book. 
There's been great nations before. Let's start with Israel. At the time of David, Solomon. Who is better than Solomon? But anyway, different lesson for a different day. There are benchmarks that shows the fall. And as a student of history, I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, boy, we're not heading nowhere good with this. This is not. And, and this is not a political message because it don't matter which side is in charge. We still doing this. <laughs> we going to end up in the same place. So <laughs> you can put your hopes in a political party if you want. It's like, nah, it's too late for that. But as we're watching this go forward, the Lord had to like, but wait a minute. You reap what you sow, son. You reap what you sow. If that's all that gets your attention, if that's all that you press towards, if that's all that's consuming your mind, you reap what you sow. But can you see me? Can you see my hand? Can you see that I am the God of miracles? I am the God of redemption and restoration. I am the God of salvation. I am the God of faithfulness and peace. I am that God. Can you see that? So regardless of what the nation does, regardless of what the world does, I'm still God. I'm still God. So what seeds are you going to sow? See, if you keep sowing seeds of anger, of lies, of self-deception, then that's the harvest that you're going to get back. If you just keep look, if every time you're mad about something, then that becomes the center of the world for you. That becomes the only thing that matters is the thing that you're mad about. And you plant that seed everywhere. You find a place to put it down. You reap what you sow. So if you don't want back a harvest of bitterness, of hatefulness, of hostility, then you need to stop planting those seeds of anger. So I'm angry. I'm angry. What do I do with it? Well, maybe you need to plant some different seeds. That's one little seed of anger that was dropped on you. Do you have to take it and create a harvest? Or maybe we spend our time planting something else. I want what God has for me. So I need to feed those things and plant those seeds of the things that God has for me. I want to know how much love are you willing to plant? As we're going into this year, how much love are you willing to plant? Now understand this, that when you're talking about planting the seed of love, you're talking about finding the opportunities to do what is in someone else's best interest, even if it costs you. That's where you plant those seeds of love. Planting the seeds of love is not planting the seeds so everybody tell me how wonderful I am. That, that's not. I'm going to give you cards and flowers so you can tell me I'm wonderful and give me a hug and a kiss. That's not planting seeds of love. That's, that's not planting. Oh, Lord. Jesus. I need to make this very, very clear. If I'm going to truly plant the seeds of love, then I'm looking at what is in your best interest, regardless of what that is, even if you might not like it, 
But if I know that it actually is in your best interest, then I love you enough to do this. It's not just about making you feel good. It's not just about making the situation easy. It's about doing what is in your best interest. So I plant those seeds of love because I know that this person's life matters that much. So when I'm going out into the year, I'm looking for where do I plant seeds of love? And let me just let you know, you ain't going to be able to love everybody. What do you mean, Pastor? We're supposed to love everybody. From a very, from a, 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 a um, positional stance, yes, you love everybody. From a practical stance, you have a circle of people that God has given you that you are responsible for. Pastor D made some chicken soup for me because she saw I was sick. I was sitting in the house and she had some running around to do, but as soon as she hit the door, she was in the kitchen chopping stuff and boiling stuff because she said he need the soup to feel better because the Lord put it on her heart. That chicken soup was what I needed. That was an act of love. That's sowing the seeds of love because I know she was tired, but she like, I have to make this soup though. I have to make this soup. So she ain't made soup for the whole church. <laughs> but she made soup for the people that live in the house with her. So from a practical standpoint, you got to start at Jerusalem. <laughs> Those that are within your immediate circle, find where you can plant the seeds of love there. And then it moves out ex exponentially from there. That's the truth. But that's where you concentrate. What can I do to help those that are within my immediate sphere of influence? And as we're going into the year, look for those opportunities to plant the seeds of love. Plant some joy and some peace. Be the person that can find the good in the situation. Be the... With so many bad things that are happening, with so many tragedies that are happening, with so many hard things, let the Lord speak through you and find the joy and the peace and be able to spread that. Now, you might not be able to make the person's situation better. You may not even make them feel better, but to spread joy, to spread peace, to speak into their spirit that allows the darkness to lift up a little bit for the light to shine in. That's what we can do. And we find those situations to do that. When somebody else, is, somebody is going through something hard, you don't have to be the one to say, yeah, you know, and that, when that happened to me. You don't need to tell your story about what happened to you when somebody's telling their story about what happened to them. The most you can do is like, and the Lord can bring you through. He did it for me. He could do it for you. God loves you that much. As dark as it seems right now, this is not the end of your story. God cares for you more than that. There is something more God has for you. You can just speak the confidence into their lives. You don't have to start talking about yourself. 
Oh, yeah, that, oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. You don't need to do that. Right. <laughs> We're planting the wrong seeds. <laughs> and don't be deceived. God is not marked. Don't think that if you plant those negative seeds, you're going to get back a good fruit. It's like it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So when my flesh is saying, plant this, plant this, it's like, wait, wait, wait. I need to stop and evaluate what kind of seed I'm putting out there. Mm. Plant patience, kindness, goodness, and plant some self-control. Learn how to tell yourself no. And, you, and look, there's plenty of ground to plant, <laughs> to plant self-control. Because yeah. there's always something you want to do that you have to tell yourself no. Well, maybe that's just me. <laughs> that you want to do something and like, no, you know, that's, you, that's not good. No, don't do that. Maybe it is just me. But, <laughs> but there should be plenty of opportunity to plant the seed of self-control. To actually allow that to grow, to nurture it in your life. Being able to tell yourself, no, sometimes it's just that bag of Cheetos at 10 o'clock at night. No. Just no. Sometimes it's that bowl of ice cream. Or that second bowl of ice cream. But if we're talking about trying to reap the harvest that God has for us, every time as we're living our lives, as we're going through, we have opportunities to plant these seeds. When I talk about self-control, look, if, if you find yourself doing something out of habit that you know is not good for you, it's an opportunity to plant the seed of self-control. It's an opportunity to actually start to grow self-control in your life. Because if you can say no to the Cheetos, if you can say no to the second bowl of ice cream, that means when the devil comes at you with something really serious, you've already practiced how to tell yourself no. Because it's like the, the Cheetos and the ice cream is not necessarily good for you, but there's some things that's a whole lot worse. And the devil will say, hey, don't you feel like? And if you've already practiced, no. 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 It, ooh. I'm, this is self-serving, but I'm going to say it anyway. When you're laying in the bed, and, ah, oh, I don't feel like, you, you know, I could just lay here and, you know, I'll just turn on church on YouTube I won't even do Zoom because then YouTube is no accountability. I just watch it and I don't, nobody has to see whether I'm there or not. No. Let me get up. Let me wash my face. Let me get myself together. There's no good reason for me not to be in the house of the Lord today. And sometimes you just got to say no. Sometimes you got to tell yourself, I'm not doing this. I'm getting up. I don't feel like it. It don't matter if I don't feel like it. I'm getting up. Self-control. Being able to tell self, yes, I will, or no, I won't. But you got to start planting those seeds if you want to start to see some harvest. You got to start planting those seeds. So be careful 
of what it is that you're planting. And I'll be finished with this. Why? Because God has already determined that you will reap what you sow and only what you sow. Only what you sow. I don't know about everybody else, but I really want the blessings of God. <laughs> I, I want the good stuff from God. Like, I hope that don't sound selfish because I don't think it is. If he's offering good stuff, I'd like it. I, I like it. I like it. I like it in abundance and a lot. If he's giving it away, like, yes, Lord, I want lots of it. But you don't get that when you sow into your flesh. And God has established the rules. You sow to your flesh, you sow to your own desires, you sow to just what you want right now, then you reap that. If you want those good things, then that's what you've got to sow. You've got to spend time studying your word. You've got to spend time um, praying. You've got to spend time fasting. You've got to spend time in the presence of the saints. You have to do this if you want these things from God. You have to do those things. And if you choose not to do those things, then you get the harvest of your flesh. Because it's only your flesh that's telling you not to study the Bible. God never told you that. Only your flesh is telling you not to pray. Trust me, the Spirit of God never told you not to pray. (laughs) Oh, well, God knows my heart. I have to use wisdom. I don't really have time to pray. The spirit of God didn't tell you, you do not have time to pray. He never told you that. Never told you that. He never told you, oh, oh, it's too late. It's too late for you to pray. The spirit of God never told you it's too late for you to pray. The spirit of God never told you that, oh, my schedule is just too tight. I don't have time for prayer. The spirit of God never told you that lie. The Spirit of God never told you that lie. If anything, the Holy Spirit was telling you, I'm showing you that you need to change your schedule. If when you're looking at your week and there's no time where you can set aside to be in the presence of the Lord, I'm telling you, you need to change your schedule. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling you. And why? Because you will reap what you sow. I spend my whole life and everything I got and all my resources on trying to get whatever it is that I decided that I need to get. Whatever that is. Well, I will reap what I've sown. If I spend my life on God, you are the breath in my lungs. So I have to give you praise in everything that I do. Every talent, every ability, everything that I have has come from you, God, and only from you. Every success in my life, Lord God, is because you have enabled me. You have given me the ability. You have given me the opportunity. God, it was you and you alone. So you have to stay at the top of my life because it all has come from you anyway. Everything I have, God, belongs to you. So whatever you ask for, you can have because you gave it to me to begin with. I am just holding it in stewardship for you. If I live my life like that, then guess what? I reap the harvest of his love, of his joy, 
of his peace, of his kindness, of his gentleness. I reap the harvest of those things. Because if you think about it, it doesn't matter how well you do on your job if you have no joy or peace. It doesn't matter if you're in a relationship if you have no gentleness and kindness. It doesn't matter if you can, if you don't have no patience. See, I can do something and then I can be upset the entire time until it's done because I have no patience. But God can give you something big to do. You know you could do it. You got the talents, you got it handy and you're looking at it and like, ah! because you had no patience. But if you have some patience, it's like, we're going to get this done. We're going to handle this. Oh, it's going to be wonderful when it's finished. Step by step, day by day, moment by moment till the thing is done. It's because I know it's going it's not, I know it's coming. It's just going to take some time to get there. That's what patience does for you. So you, you can have all of these things, but without what God gives? Hmm. Hmm. How about that ability to suffer long? Forbearance, they call it, and nobody wants to suffer long. And, and guess what? You don't get a choice. So, some things you're going to suffer long. <laughs> so having the ability to be able to go through that long suffering is something that you should rejoice in. Because there's some situations that just don't resolve simply or easily. Am I, I know I'm not the only one old enough to figure that out. Because... <laughs> Once you live for a while, you realize, oh, this is just not going to go away that fast. Huh? <laughs> it, it, oh, Jesus. But when you can suffer long, when you've sowed to your spirit, then when your spirit has to deal with those things, you're like, it's all right. It's like another day. OK, all right. Well, I'm, let me just get my praise music on. Let me get my praise music on. Let me get my favorite verse. Because I know this is going to be a long day. But it's going to be all right. Because I know that God is with me. I know that God will stand with me. I know that God will make me victorious at the end of the day. I just got to get through the day. What wouldn't you give to be able to do that? Because if you're wasting your time with... Oh, well, I just wish God to just let all this go away and everybody just operate in peace. If you read the book, that even after the tribulation, the return of Christ, the thousand year reign, as soon as the devil get loose again, he's going to turn people over. He's going to get this started all again. He's going to start the whole party all over again. So as long as the devil is still around, there's always going to be an opportunity for people to act up. So if you're waiting for everybody to just be nice. <laughs> so to your spirit. So to your spirit. Don't so to your flesh. Your flesh is going to leave you end up frustrated, angry, upset. <laughs> Just so to your spirit. So when this stuff is happening, you can say Jesus is still king. Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still watching over me. Look, God has already said what it's going to be. Let's not be foolish enough to thinking that if I do enough of this, I can make it something else. 
so do your spirit. God is not going to be marked. He's not going to be made fun of. You're not going to be able to play him. You're not going to be able to give him a little bit and think you're going to get everything that he has. It doesn't work that way. And this is the warning that I have for the church. Giving a little means you end up with nothing. With nothing. Nothing. So give everything that you have. Give everything you have. Don't be deceived. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is our foundation for everything. As we talked about in Sunday school, that we, we, that the idea of arguing, debating, and rationalizing the word usually ends up losing out. If the Lord said it, the Lord said it. And if the Lord said that if you have ears, then hear. So I challenge us all, if you got ears, hear. And if you got to hear it, then you got to do something with what you heard. You can't afford to just ignore it because the end of that is not good. The end of it is not good. And as someone who God has called to help people, I have to tell you that not listening is not good. The end of it is not good. So please, 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 please listen to what the Lord is saying to you. That's not going away. If God said it, that's what it is. Please, please, please don't allow just what you feel, what you think, what you want to override what God is saying. Please, please don't do that. Because the end of it is not good. And if it's a matter of like, Lord, I hear you, but I can't, that's okay. I think that's all of us. All we got to say is, Help me, Jesus. I've committed to you, Lord. I want to do what you say. I just need some help today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. If you could just help me today, I'm going to be okay. We'll worry about tomorrow if tomorrow comes. But just help me today. So, Father, we acknowledge our need. We acknowledge that we need your help, your strength, your guidance, your wisdom to do your will. We realize, oh God, that doing your will is the best thing. So Lord, so Lord, if I've been sowing to my flesh, help me to see that I'm planting the wrong seeds in the wrong place. Help me, God, because if I have lost sight of what was right, what was holy, show me again, Lord. Teach me again. Lord, speak to me again. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you're saying. God, I want to hear it. So help me, God. Help me, God. You know me, my inside and out. You know me, God. And I'm trusting in your love, in your faithfulness, in your mercy and your grace. I'm trusting in it, God. So have your way. In me and through me. Have your way. And I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. Amen.